0: Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Good afternoon. Welcome to the Vispero presentation. And I am Belinda, your host, your facilitator this afternoon is Eric Demery, and he's going to be talking about... Uh, catching up on what happened at CSUN but before I hand it over to Eric I would like to go ahead and give the commands on how you can raise your hand to ask your questions when he is ready at that at that time so if you're joining us uh, for yeah if you're joining us from your PC to raise your hand is Alt-Y and to mute and unmute when you get the notification will be you sorry Alt-A if you're joining us on the Mac option Y to raise your hand Command-Shift-A to mute and unmute and on your smartphone app You want to find the raise hand option in the middle of your screen. And when you get the notification to unmute, you will swipe to the unmute button. And on your landline phone or phone with physical keypad, you're going to do star nine to raise your hand and star six to mute and unmute. And Eric, I will turn it over to you.
1: Well, thank you, Belinda and uh, glad to be here. Uh, Hope everyone had a a good week last week. uh, If you didn't enjoy uh, CSUN, but uh, I'll tell you, for those of us who were able to participate, uh, it was really great to get back to a conference. The last show I had been to prior to CSUN uh, was CSUN 2020. We, as a company, uh, Take that show pretty seriously. It's our largest show of the year, in the in the globally actually, but uh, certainly it's a, it's it's the biggest for the U.S. for sure. And uh, we send a lot of people. And we were just entering into the you know the COVID uh, nineteen problems in that first quarter of twenty twenty. And uh, companies started pulling out the last week or two weeks right before the show. And we as an organization thought, you know, this is our our one big show we do every year. We had committed to it. We were invested in it. We had all of our stuff shipped to be there. And so we as a team decided, let's go. And uh, that show in 2020 turned out to be quite bad because... Uh, it was so poorly attended. Uh, Lots of people that were going to go canceled. And of course, lots of companies pulled out. We were there in force, but we didn't have that many customers there. So it was disappointing. We stayed. I I left there on March 13th, 2020, came home. And then uh, we were in quarantine from the time we came home and that was it. The office had shut down. We worked from home and that was the end. So when we hit the road and traveled out there last week, uh, it was really, it was it was great. It was good to get back to it. For those of you who have never been to CSUN, um, CSUN stands for California State University uh, Northridge. And so this university up there um, started this conference oh, I don't know, 30 years ago, 35, probably 35 years ago or 34 years ago, something like that. And uh, it was done the first few years at their campus. I think it was the first three or four CSUNs were done at the school itself. That was before my time. I never went there for that. It then moved to Los Angeles to the LAX Marriott, the one right next to the LAX Airport. And that's when I started, uh, back in the early 90s. Um, That show was uh, very, very popular. It was uh, lots of rehab people. Lots of users attended it. And there was a pretty good international turnout. Um, We spent a number of years there at LAX and the Hilton next door to the Marriott. We'd walk back and forth between... And I can remember those are those the days when Mike May started doing his uh, um, guidance system, is talking GPS, and they'd go out of the hotel. You'd always see Mike with a backpack and an antenna sticking up and a crowd of people following him. And they were doing some of their early GPS stuff back then. It was really fascinating. And we moved down to San Diego for a number of years. That was uh, very good. And now we're in Anaheim and we've been in Anaheim, I think three years running. Plus we had the off year where we didn't do anything. Um, And it's a good show. If you get a chance to attend, please do. I will say that we get a lot more people that are all about internet accessibility and making sure that websites are created correctly. So I know our team from TPGI, um, they were there in force. They had a lot of sessions because we have a big presentation room where we give about six sessions a day. And uh, the TPGI group was there, and they were uh, giving, you know, giving a lot of uh, web content and how to deliver and make sure that you're creating the right stuff. And, and the room was always filled. Uh, always filled for those sessions. The people were in there taking notes and and learning techniques, and uh, it was it was very interesting. And TPGI showed off a new a new thing that we've got now called Jaws Connect. This is brand new. Um, it's a way of setting up um, URLs domains to be able to um, allow. A JAWS user when they visit to be able to uh, pull up a form, fill out some information, answer some questions about what you thought of the website's accessibility, and have that information get filtered back to the organization. So this is all about creating usable solutions rather than just uh, accessible. And I'll tell you, if I were... The owner of a company, and I had patrons coming to my website, and I had invested a lot of money in making sure that we were doing it in an accessible solution. Uh, And I was paying our uh, web content people to produce that content and deliver it so that it would be accessible for people. I would love to hear from JAWS users that visit my site to find out if it really worked. I mean, you want to be able to measure the results. And that's what Jaws Connect is all about. If you have an opportunity, you can try it out. Uh, If you go to tpgi.com, let me just pull that up and make sure I got it right. It's always a shortcut for me. So I, uh, yeah, it's tpgi.com. If you go to that website, I think you'll hear something uh, if you listen, you know, when you hear about how many headings, how many links. I think you'll hear something about JAWS Connect available. If you just go to the website and do an insert F7 to bring up a list of links, right at the top, you'll find at the top link should be about JAWS Connect. You can press enter on it and you can give TPGi feedback and see how it works. Um, If there are companies that you know of, if there's uh, someone uh, that that you think would benefit from hearing from JAWS users that visit their site, tell them about this service. It's, not, it's, a, it's a very good solution. I think it's something that most people who are developing websites would want to hear directly from the user about how it works. And it doesn't necessarily have to be about the accessibility. Um, remember, lots of websites are accessible, but they don't work that well. Uh, it's confusing, and you can politely and nicely share great information for them. It'll benefit them. Obviously it'll also help out consumers in the future that go to visit their site. If you can help them make it a better experience. So check out JAWS Connect on TPGI, fill out the form, say hello, tell them Eric sent you. When you fill out the form, whoever reads them will probably get a kick out of that. And I thank you very much for for, uh, taking a look. So TPGI was there. They were busy. Of course, JAWS is always a big highlight at CSUN. Every year at uh, the 11 o'clock presentation time on Wednesday of that week, we do a what's new in JAWS session. And this year, as always, we had a great turnout. Lots of folks come in. We get a good mix of users and, um, sighted people that don't necessarily use it. They know about JAWS, but they don't really um, know why it's so good. And I think that I I try to take advantage of that presentation to expose some of the, the better features, demonstrate them, explain to them, explain to the audience why those features matter so much for consumers that use JAWS. And it always helps when I've got, you know, a a dozen or two dozen good JAWS users sitting in the room. Um, They tend to sit right up front and you can just tell from their body language that they're saying, you know, yeah, that's exactly it. This is really important. And uh, it really helps the excited audience recognize, you know, what makes a difference. I showed off a couple of things and I think the best one was the sound splitting feature. Of course, we didn't have that the last time we went to CSUN. And for those of you who have not tried it, I'm sure most of you have, but if you haven't, this is a great feature, and this is something you should take advantage of. You're on Zoom right now. If you're on a computer and you're running Zoom and you've got JAWS 2022 installed on your computer, if JAWS is running right now, if you started to navigate um JAWS sound and my voice in this Zoom meeting would both be coming through your headset at the same time, both in the same ear. And that makes it very difficult for you to continue listening to me and paying attention to what I'm saying while you're trying to pay attention to what JAWS is saying as you navigate on your computer to try and get to that file you were looking for, you're taking notes or whatever it might be. So the sound splitting feature allows you to uh, do a few keystrokes and send jaws to one side and everything else that makes noise, including me talking in this webinar would go to the other side. So you'd get jaws in one ear and other sounds in the other, and it makes it much easier. And when I explain that feature, I show them a slide, I give them the keystrokes. And if you haven't tried it, give it a try Uh, right now It would be a good time. Um, You hold down the JAWS key, Uh, mine's on the desktop layout, so I hold down the insert key and tap the space bar, and it will make a pop sound as you go into the layered commands. And then it's just a few keystrokes, Uh, the letter V for voice, B for balance, and then you press either the left or the right arrow. And it will send Jaws one direction or the other, and everything else will stay in the opposite. And it'll remain that way until either you recenter everything, and I'll show you how to do that in a second. Or if you restart Jaws or reboot your computer, it'll always come back up normal again. So, in in the event you turn this on and didn't know how you turned it on. It'll always restore itself the next time you start JAWS, so you don't have to worry about it. Um, If you want to use the keystroke to recenter it, because I don't leave mine split all the time. I only split it during meetings where I'm running JAWS and testing something. Uh, And then when I get off the meeting, I always like to have JAWS back in stereo. And to do that, insert spacebar, V for voice, B for balance, and then up arrow, to recenter everything. So you use left or right arrow to split them, up arrow to center. Um, great feature. And when I showed that at the convention, I got a lot of head nods, and I think a lot of people really enjoyed that one. We shared some information about the auto migration of settings. Those of you who have been running 2022 for a while may have forgotten or maybe didn't notice, but when if you had 2021 installed when you installed 2022, it just automatically adopted those settings that you used to use in the older version. And I think that's a nice touch; it makes it much easier. Uh, Zoom Text users got that change the year before, and we adopted it now for Fusion and JAWS as well. So everything migrates forward, and there is a restore to factory defaults option. Uh, in the options menu of the JAWS window. And if you choose to restore to factory defaults, it just basically clears your user settings folder in the current version that you're running. Um, And it doesn't touch the user settings for the other version, but it will remember that you don't want to use the earlier settings and it will not adopt them the next time you run the software. So it'll stay uh, and allow you to set it all up brand new. Um, I talked about improved responsiveness. Uh, We made some big strides in Office 365 for Word and Outlook in particular with the 2022 release. And I gave everybody a little insight that Excel improvements are on the way. We made some initial changes in the February update and then the April update coming around the 21st of the month. You're going to notice in Excel, especially those of you who run with a Braille display, that Excel is going to be much more responsive. And uh, hopefully we've gotten rid of some of those issues that people have run into. So uh, watch for that. Quick navigation in Outlook messages, uh, especially those where there's lots of replies or forwards. So there's a lot of different uh, threads within the email that you're trying to read. And sometimes it's difficult to get to the uh, information from each one of those people. You'll have to read through all of the headings and all of the signatures. Uh, it's time-consuming to, to navigate through so you can find what the original uh, thread started about. And we added a feature in for 2022, the letter N. When you open up one of those Outlook email messages, N jumps down to the next uh, body in the, uh, uh, from the next person who had replied to the email, it'll skip down, it'll find where they started to write something, put you there, it tells you who sent that, when they sent it, and then it reads that line. And if that's not the one you're looking for, you hit N, it jumps over all signatures and everything and gets to the next start of the next message. And I demonstrated this one as well for the audience, and it makes a lot of sense. This one makes a lot of sense to cited audiences also. So if you get an opportunity um, to have an email like that that's got a lot of uh, responses, don't hesitate to show that one to someone who's cited. They will really appreciate uh, how fast you can skip through and get to the, that information because even for a cited person, it's time-consuming. It's really uh, hard because there's so much text on there and the screen scrolls through it. And uh, sometimes it's easy to miss because it may only be one line that you're actually trying to read and there's all kinds of text you got to filter out to get to that. Um, I I talked a bit about the ability to change sound cards on the fly. And for those of you who are using Zoom or Teams or plugging headsets in and, and making changes to your system while you're running, Uh, Sometimes JAWS goes away or it seems to go away. What really happens is the uh, output sound device on your computer changed and JAWS didn't change with it. And so now JAWS is still outputting to the old device and you're getting sound coming from the new device and you're not hearing any JAWS speech. Now, if you were... Good and memorized the menu system. You could get into the utility menu, go to sound cards, and maybe resolve this problem. But it was hunt and peck, and you had to remember a lot of keystrokes, and it was hit hit or miss if it was going to work. There's an easy way to do it now. You can all try this. If you've got JAWS 2022 running, you do the following. Insert spacebar for the layered commands. V for voice. C for card. Once you've done that, you're now in a virtual list of the sound output devices available on your PC, and you can down arrow, and uh, JAWS will speak. When it finds one that's active, it'll speak, and you'll hear it. If you don't hear anything, press down arrow again. It'll go to the next one. If you still don't hear anything, press down arrow again. Eventually, it cycles back to one that's actually going to output. And once you've found that one, press escape, and you're good to go again. JAWS is now speaking. So it's a way of recovering very quickly without having to worry about uh, navigating menu systems and making guesses. Just remember, insert space, V for voice, C for card, and press the down arrow. And again, this is a good one to practice before you need it. So try this out the next time you're running. Um, Let's see. I talked about the new clock on the Braille display and explained the significance of that. If you've got a Braille uh, display attached to your computer uh, and it's got status cells uh, over to the left-hand edge, uh, there are generally four status cells that JAWS is outputting information to. And uh, at any time, if you touch the routing key Uh, directly above those status cells, any of those four routing keys, it switches the status cells from giving you the status output that you normally get, and it'll flash the time that your PC is displaying. So sighted audiences um, know that they can just glance at the lower right-hand corner of their computer at any moment and pick up the time. And, I mean, I can look as I'm using the computer and speaking to you right now, and I know it's exactly 321 Eastern time on my computer, and I didn't have to do a keystroke to ask JAWS to speak the time. Uh, it just uh, It's just there and very quickly accessible, and you get the same thing on the Braille display. When you touch the router button, it just shows the time for five seconds, and you get to see it minutes and hours. You can also change uh, in the settings center searching for clock or time. You'll find the adjustments in there. So you can tell it to always show you the time on the status cells. And that way, if you click the routing button above, it'll switch from clock to status cells and you can get the information. Some people would rather see the clock all the time. You can also change those to show you um, seconds and minutes rather than minutes and hours. And if you're working in an application where you're trying to keep track of the time uh, and so forth, you can uh, you can really uh, uh, do that using that, that setting right there. You just keep your fingers on it and you'll see the countdown coming if you're trying to get to the top of the hour and end something right on the spot. So it's a good feature. Now, I also... Uh, had a Fusion session that I showed stuff. Um, I showed the quick access bar, the new tool that's available for Zoom Text and Fusion users to have um, like a little menu bar that they can bring into their magnified view at any moment. With a quick command, it pops it up and they can put the, the most used uh, features that they like in magnification or in JAWS in the case that they're using Fusion and they can put them right there on the quick access bar if they use a mouse to get to things. Uh, It's better than having to remember all the keystrokes. And it's also like a little command search feature built right into Fusion and ZoomText, kind of like JAWS had a command search uh, to be able to help you find JAWS commands. This is really nice for ZoomText or Fusion users trying to find things too. One of the things that I also discussed in both of those is a feature that is upcoming. Now, don't expect to see this yet in the April update, but I will be demonstrating this more and more over the next um, four to five weeks. So probably the next time I come back on um, to the ACB communities uh, next month, I will probably try and demonstrate this feature for everybody here. It should be out in the June release, and it's a notifications manager, and it's a feature that I think has been requested by more people than than, uh, we've ever had requesting a particular feature in the past. Uh, Those of you who use Zoom and Teams um, know that it can be annoying sometimes when Uh, things are happening. Like someone calls you on Teams and all of a sudden a notification pops up and starts talking and you're trying to listen to a meeting and this notification is telling you who it is that's calling you on Teams. And if you press this keystroke, you can answer it with audio. And if you press this keystroke, you can answer it with video. And you know, can you silence it? Yes, you can always go there and silence it with the control key but it's an annoyance and it's an interruption. And these notifications are important. We uh, appreciate that the companies are building all of this stuff in so that we can find out about things, but the reality is not all of them are necessary. They could be a lot shorter and maybe it would be better indicating it with a sound. So, JAWS is going to give you a notifications manager. It'll keep track of every notification that came in in the past 24 hours. It'll give you a quick, simple UI so that you can bring it up and renew. I mean, review every one of those notifications. And if there's some notifications that come often uh, and you'd like to shorten them, you can create rules for those things. And there'll be a very simple add or create a rule button. So you move to the uh, notification where you wanted to create the rule. You'll tab to the button, press enter. And then you'll say, you know, when this comes in, I would rather you say just this. And you can type in the text that you want to hear. Or if any message comes in that contains this phrase, if you want to do like a catch-all, uh, you can change and say, if if the messages, if the notifications have this or contain this, then always just do this. And maybe this is going to be play a sound instead of saying anything. So you can get a little an alert that something happened. And then at your leisure, you can uh, press the insert space N to bring up the notification manager. And you can read those notifications in detail because even though you set rules for them, the whole messages will be there in the list so you can review them. So I talked a bit about this at CSUN. I got a lot of good feedback. Everybody said, yeah, this is exactly what we need. Um, and so this, this isn't necessarily going to do all of the UIA uh, things that happen as you're navigating, but anything that comes across as a notification, like downloads are happening, Um And things like that. Those are the kinds of notifications that you'll be able to modify. So watch for that. Probably hit in June and I'll know a lot better uh, over the next three to four weeks. We'll see how we get, uh, but we're heading in the right direction. So in addition to all of the stuff I showed and talked about, we also had our training department there. And uh, they had the presentation on Teams. We had another presentation on Google Docs. And there was quite a bit of interest in all of that stuff, too. Uh, We shared information about the Student of the Month Club. That was a big hit. You know, teachers, if there's any teachers out there, uh, If you've got students that are doing great things with this technology, or even if they're just getting started, but it's making a difference and they want to tell their story, um, look up on our training page for the student of the month and get the details. It's really uh, quite easy to participate. And the good news is when uh, the student is selected and we pick one each month, they get a $500 gift card to go and buy whatever they want, not necessarily from us. So they can buy anything they want. So they're going to get a nice gift card and uh, the kids, the kids have really appreciated it. So uh, check it out. We had a low vision student that won this past month and you can hear the stories uh, and they talk about what they do. So I think it's a great thing. Share, share the experience of some of the others with your students and you've probably got one or two that you'd want to, uh, encouraged to participate. So that was a big hit. There's also a big exhibit hall at CSUN, and I spent quite a bit of time walking around and seeing all of the different uh, technologies that were there. This year, there were less of the big companies, uh, the Microsofts and Googles uh, weren't, weren't participating. However, there were it was a lot more like the old days at SeaSun when it was lots of innovators, people creating new technologies and new products, and they would bring them to SeaSun to show them off. So uh, it, not everything that's there this year will be there next year, but some of the things will survive and do quite well. And uh, there were some interesting products. Uh, one that I saw, uh, there were actually two there. One uh, gentleman from the Ukraine had showed up and he had his device, and then there was another company from the Netherlands that had a very similar device, uh, very small, like a PC or like a, uh, a phone controller. So it was a uh, small device that had eight buttons on it, six that would be used as Braille key input, and two uh, that you could press in, in different sequences to get through menu systems or be able to select things. And uh, you literally could leave your cell phone in your pocket and drive your cell phone just from that device to be able to navigate it, read text messages, have them spoken through another Bluetooth device that you would be wearing. And this would be connected with Bluetooth also to be able to do that navigation and and input. Didn't have any Braille output. It was just an input navigation device. So it it was pretty interesting. And there were, you know, lots of educational type products and companies there. Uh, if you do get an opportunity to, do, to attend a show like that, uh, it would be great. I'll, it is different from the consumer shows. The NFB and the ACB both have their shows right in the summertime. Uh, this year, I think you guys, uh, the ACB convention is going to be in Omaha, Nebraska. and. Uh, not all of these companies that come from other countries in particular will attend those conventions. So uh, CSUN is unique in that aspect that we do get quite a few companies that you wouldn't necessarily see at the consumer show. But we look forward to seeing everybody at at those shows too. I really appreciate um, the summer conventions because it's full of users, lots of users there opposed to a lot of sighted people walking around. So it's always good to connect with the, uh, the consumers and I can have different presentations when I'm talking just with users. So that's always fun. I think it's, it's half, half through the hour. I think I'll stop and maybe I'll suggest, I know we've got a couple of hands up already. Uh, why don't we see if we can take some questions. If you've got any questions about CSUN in particular. Um I'd be happy to try and answer as best I can. I've gone to about 27 of them. Uh, but if you've got other questions about Vespero, about our technology, uh, I'd be happy to try and answer those as well. So, Belinda, do you want to try and uh start with Bobby Vinton? I guess on top.
0: Yes, Bobby, you can go ahead. Hold on. Audio now on
1: okay. Um, I'm wondering,
2: um, I have a question. Um I couldn't get to see Sun I wish I could I live in New York you know due to money and stuff but I got a question about JAWS. um if you I know you want to just the Sun, but um I'm having an issue with Zoom and it's not a really an issue but I'd like to know how to permanently disable the alerts in Zoom instead of having to relaunch Zoom at and like during another meeting and, you know, not have it, you know, keep going, this person has entered the room, that person, is there a way to permanently get rid of that?
1: So those alerts, uh, we actually did set it so that it would store, but we we turned it off. We actually got the request from Zoom. Uh, The company itself called us up. They were getting lots of calls from customers calling into their support, complaining that the, the people weren't getting any alerts. And the problem was they had turned off the alerts at some point and forgot forgot that they did it, forgot how to turn it off. And, uh, and so they stopped getting alerts. So we changed the feature so that it doesn't stick across sessions. So if you turn it off and you had multiple Zoom calls in a row, It would stay off as long as you haven't restarted your computer or restarted JAWS. But when you restart, it sets that back on. So you have to remember to turn it off as soon as the meeting starts. And what's the keystroke to do that, Bobby? Do you remember? Alt Windows S. Everyone write that one down. Get used to it. Alt Windows S. It'll be one of the first things you'll do in a Zoom meeting. Okay. That's why there's no way to permanently disable that. No way to permanently disable it. All right. Thank you. Yeah. Good question, though. And uh, I hope that explanation makes sense.
2: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense because I might want alerts in the future and might want to use it. And then I forget how to turn. I forgot I turned it off, you know.
1: You'll never forget now because you'll be doing it all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Good. All right.
0: Next up is Mitchell. hey eric hi mitchell hey microsoft they're coming out with a replacement for the mail app they're calling it one outlook i figured i would let you guys know so you're calling
1: it what what are they calling it one outlook one outlook yeah so this is going to be a web-based version of outlook and we're spending quite a bit of time on that right now in our engineering area. And we're doing a lot of testing with Microsoft to make sure that uh, things work right. There, there's problems because um, the keystrokes on many of the functions had changed. And some things that you wanna try and do with the Outlook, that one Outlook uh, web-based mail might be a keystroke that JAWS Took. So we're having to do some reconfiguring specifically for it. So that works underway.
2: I'll let you guys know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, Microsoft's pretty good these days at bringing stuff to us uh, months before it hits the main street. And, uh, and we work through as many of the issues as we can. That always isn't, that isn't always the case. And I, I will tell you that teams, uh, they, they, changes creep in on us all the time that we hadn't really prepared for. So, uh, but we're working, we're working on it. And, and, and so are they, and, and they recognize the significance. And I'll tell you, every time they make a change, their support desk gets those phone calls. So they know the importance of doing this. So don't, don't uh, hesitate. When you see something change, discuss it with them. It might be something that they really need to be aware of.
0: All right, next up is Chanel.
3: Good afternoon. I thank you for uh, being here and answering questions. Um, I was just wondering, in general, if you found anything particularly innovative or kind of neat, whatever at CSUN, um, does, you know, the CSUN that you've been to over the years, things that come out there you know does it um are they typically successful and then also i was just wondering about the uh Vispero, does Vespero continue to do things on clubhouse i haven't been on there in a while so anyway thank you
1: yeah so to start with clubhouse um yes we do we generally have two events each week one on monday we do ask sharky which is generally more advanced topics in JAWS that we go over with, with more advanced users. And then on Wednesdays, we do one called Beginner's Corner. So if you, uh, if you go on to Clubhouse and search for those, uh, I think it's the JAWS F slash T blind. I think if you search for that group, you'll find us. Um, But if you're not sure, ping the training at vespero.com, ask them how to find us on Clubhouse and they'll be happy to point you in the right direction. Now, for those of you who haven't used Clubhouse or heard about it, um, it's really a uh, voice-based uh, chat area. Uh, it's very popular. Uh, there's lots of people on it and uh, you can do it through your phone. Um, it's an, a free app you can sign up for. And uh, you can also, there's, there is a Windows-based product now called ClubDeck. And ClubDeck is uh, not owned by the same company or not published by the same company that does Clubhouse, but it works in conjunction with it. So you can literally participate in Clubhouse events on your PC if you'd like. Uh, so watch for that. And uh, those sessions are generally an hour long. Uh, we try to do them around the same time, um, late morning, Eastern time on Mondays and Wednesdays. So if you're, and, and, and one of the nice things about Clubhouse is that you can follow people. And when we chime in, when we sign into something, you'll get an alert that we just entered and started our room and uh, gives you, you know, it'll kind of be your cue that you can just pick up your phone and listen in. You don't necessarily have to participate, but if you have questions, it's much like this event. You can raise your hand. We'll bring you up on stage you can talk. And, and uh, generally I'm on there. Matt Ader will be on Rachel and Elizabeth. Oftentimes, uh, Ron Miller and maybe even some of our developers. Sometimes Mohammed's there from the Netherlands. He chimes in, so it's a lot of fun. Um, you asked if I saw anything of great interest at CSUN. and to be honest with you, this year I didn't do that much walking around. I, I was very busy in our showcase room. So, other than the things that we were showing, like the TPGI stuff, that Jaws Connect, I was really I was really impressed with that. Fascinated with with what they've uh, come up with. And filling out the form, I thought it was, it was pretty, it was neat because it was a simple form to fill out. So be sure to try that out on TPGi. Um, there, there were a couple of other companies there, some mainstream companies. So Sony, I did see had a booth and I went by and they had um, interactive television. And they had quite a few different uh, fancy headsets and so forth. So I didn't spend a lot of time talking to them. They were a very busy booth. There were a lot of people interested in that. Um, But so, and and I'm sure it must've been very interesting. Um, There were, uh, like I said, a lot of educational type booths uh, showed up. There were some there um, that had uh, tablets that were outputting uh, graphical images with refreshable cells. Uh, It was a different type of a cell, a little different size uh, clustered together so that they could raise the dots and you could see the shapes of things. So I was, you were able to draw on one screen on a touch screen, and then those dots would pop up on the other screen and uh, you could reach over and actually feel the image that you had just drawn. So it was kind of neat. But uh, you know, in general, I don't get a, much of a chance to walk around and really talk to a lot of the people that are showing showing things. But maybe somebody that's in the list here would uh, chime in if they attended and saw anything.
0: Okay, next is Dan. Hello. Hi there. We hear you. Hi, Dan. So I am wondering, you, know, you may have already answered this in the sense that you said you didn't get a, a chance to see, but I understand that pad was at CSUN this year, and I, I'm curious about that.
1: Yeah, so dot pad was the one that was showing the thing with the graphics. So it's a, it's a large grid of cells, and uh, they had it set up with another uh, touch device tablet that as you ran your finger over the tablet, the cells could raise up. So it was a way of looking at what graphics look like that you draw or if you navigate it around like on an iOS device or an Android device, it could show you what the shapes look like that were the graphics on screen. Mm -hmm.
0: So as a company, have you guys even heard of this product? Any thoughts about how you might integrate it into the product line? Those sorts of ideas?
1: Well, you know, we don't. We're much more about gathering text and interacting with text than just trying to uh, display uh, graphical s- graphical images. So we do have some ideas on Braille. We have some things in the works uh, that you'll be hearing about, but uh, not exactly what Dots is doing right now. Okay. Thank you. Yep.
0: Okay, we have one other raised hand,
3: Jane. Hi, yes, um, I had the pleasure of attending CSUN again this year as a California um, native, and thank you, Eric, for uh, meeting uh, me and my friend for dinner. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but
1: um, and you got your sharks to take home.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yes, we did. But um, somebody did ask about. The dot pad, um, it is a graphical uh, display. Um, and we I also worked at the Orbit Research booth in um, what they are calling the Graffiti and Graffiti Plus, which is almost the same um, idea. Um, although I'll tell you that the Graffiti Plus and the Graffiti has a higher um, dot i guess you can feel the dots a lot more clear um at least in my opinion and yeah it's it's evolving um (laughs) there's a lot of work to do and the price needs to come down but yeah that and other there's just too much to uh
1: did you, C- you, you you were there for quite a few days, Jane. You, you must have got to walk around most of the hall.
3: I did. Um there were quite a couple of keyboards for the iPhone. Um, mm-hmm. and then APH was there with Code Jumper. And oh, I can go on and on, but
1: yep, APH yeah. had a good crowd there.
3: Oh yeah, they did. I can go on and on. Um, was well, good.
1: Well, I'm, I'm glad you were there. I'm glad we got a chance to see you and uh, look forward to seeing you at the next season. Now, are you are you right there in the area in California?
3: Yeah, um, but uh, I'll ch- also also see you guys at the summer shows. OK, good.
1: <laughs> but you, but season's easy for you to get to because you're close by. Yes. Yeah. Great.
0: Okay, we do have another raised hand. Jane, you can go ahead.
4: Hi, I'm um, Eric. Uh, she mentioned the sharks. I still have one of those from way long ago. I found the other day when you used to get them out at ACB conventions.
1: Now, what is your shark like?
4: Um, kind of a rubbery kind of material.
1: Yeah, so you have the stress shark. Yep, yep. And, and what we were handing out this year, these are brand new ones that Jane got. And they're like a, a little fuzzy one that sits up. And it's got a little T-shirt on. I think it even says something like the training department or something on it. But uh, it's a really cute shark. This was an unveiling. So CSUN was the first time with those new ones. We also used to have another kind of a shark. Um, years ago, the cookie, sh- the cookie jaws uh, it was about a one foot tall cookie jar. And the, the mouth was at the top. And you, when you lifted the mouth up, it played the doon, 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 theme from the movie. And uh, he, he was holding a surfboard that had a bite out of it. And there was a little sticker on the front where it used to say cookie jar, and we changed it to cookie jaws. And uh, we used to hand those out back, oh, 20 years ago or longer. And there's still a few around. I've seen them once in a while.
0: I'm not sure if she had another question. I asked her Jean? to unmute again. Jane, could you unmute again if you had further
4: questions? Okay. okay. There, there you are. I'm back. Um, you mentioned you were talking about Excel before and I'm hoping this is one of the problems you're gonna solve. I don't do a lot with Excel, but occasionally I have to put together you know, a very simple spreadsheet and it starts out fine, and as I go along, it gets slower and slower and slower. Um, yeah. And I, is that one of the problems that, that you're gonna fix?
1: Yes, that should get much better. So get the April update installed. And if you're still having problems, I want you to get back to support with it right away.
4: Oh, good, thank you so much. Because I had to keep going out and going back in, you know, to, to do yep. anything. Yep. So that would be wonderful, okay. That's all I want to know. Thanks a lot.
1: Great. And and are you using Excel from Office 365? Yes. Perfect. That's yes. be much better. And if you're still having problems with the April update, I want you to call in to support right away.
4: Okay. I'll check okay. it out right Thanks. after I update it. Thanks a lot. Thanks, Jean. Okay. Bye-bye.
1: Bye.
0: All right. There are no other raised
1: hands. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody that came and uh hopefully we shared some knowledge with you about what goes on out there at CSUN uh look forward to bringing you our new notification manager a month from now so make sure you come back I think they got me scheduled for the third Thursday in April so uh I'll try and make sure I'm ready and demonstrate some of that feature
0: all right thank you so much Eric
1: Yep, it's good to be here, and we'll talk to you all soon.
0: Great. Have a good rest of your afternoon. Thanks, Herbie.
1: Bye. Bye. Thanks, Herbie.